Hey there, everyone. So I just have a quick, quick favor to ask of you all. If you listen to the show, I would love it if you could please subscribe, download, rate, and review. Why do you ask? Because that helps us out to make sure that we are getting in people's feeds and that, you know, we stay up in the charts. So I would really love it if you could just take a second, show us some love and, you know, also make sure you download because that is a huge part of it too. And I appreciate it and thank you in advance. But for right now, I am jumping in with the fierce Elaine Terso. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. All right, entrepreneurs, we have a fantastic interview for you today. I know there's an explicit warning on every episode, but I'm just going to fucking let you know right now <laughs> because we have Elaine Terso on the show that, you know, ears open for the good stuff and get the kids out of the room, folks. So, let me tell you a little bit about this fantastic woman. So Elaine is known as, and I love this, Elaine the Brain. She has been a creative, self-made, problem-solving entrepreneur since 2001. She's a small business strategist and mentor, and she enjoys supporting other entrepreneurs with their businesses, helping them identify where their struggle is and giving them the boost of confidence they need to work through their fear and self-sabotaging behaviors. This is, might be one of my favorite lines in here in your bio, Elaine. Her friends call her Elaine the Brain because she gets strange and intuitive, quote unquote, pop rocks to help people find creative solutions to the problems. So she's she's got so much more in her bio, everybody, which you can read in detail in the notes. But, you know, she's a podcast host. She's on su subscription boxes. She's, you know, got different networks that she's founding. She is a mom to Alexis and Anthony, and she's married to Mike, and she's a dog mom um, of multiples and a grand mom to puppies, like so much stuff. And, you know, I just absolutely love her. So Elaine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I love that you gave a disclaimer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it's checked. Like the little box is checked, but I know, I know you, I know me and I know like, you know, fuck is going to inevitably end up in this, in this episode. So my favorite word. Yeah. Me too. Me too, friend. Me too. And I have to stifle it because, you know, I have a five and seven year old and Every now and again, it comes out anyway. So <laughs> thank you, pandemic and homeschooling. So um, all right, my dears. So you've had quite the journey. I mean, just in the last year alone, you've done a ton of just really cool stuff. I love the fact that you're always like just jumping into a new thing, you know, because without fear and just, you know, without caring what people think, which I absolutely fucking love. So give us a backstory. Give us the backstory as to, you know, how you got to be where you are today. Oh my goodness. So 2001, right? 2001, I uh, was a new mother and decided that was a great 
time to open up a business. <laughs> who the hell does I that? did the same thing. I did the same thing. It's crazy. <laughs> like who does that? Um, so I started a business. I was a scrapbook designer for hire. <laughs> Right. Which then converted later into photography. So I was a photographer for 10 years, recently retired, and which kind of led me into what I'm doing now. It's really an interesting story how everything happened. Um, and I have a lot of gratitude towards Polka Dot Powerhouse who led me to people like you yep. and people in my life that helped encourage and inspire me to make shifts and pivots and explore different avenues. And it's been an amazing, amazing journey. I, I attribute a lot of the things that I've done. I do love to do dabble in all and everything because I get bored easily and um, it allows me to stay on my toes. It allows me to learn new things. It allows me to fail forward. It allows me to um, just like I, everything I do is based on experience. I don't have a college degree. Okay. I don't have fancy certifications. I have the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. And so the best way for me to learn is to do. And so I will go and do, and I will go and fail and I will learn. And I will then be able to say, okay, here's what we do. Here's what we might want to not do. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the best way to do it. I mean, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, um, another guest who asked me, you know, if I thought college would look the same in like five years or 10 years or whatever, as it has in the past. And I was like, you know, I hope not. <laughs> I'm like on a lot of levels because I think it has, it definitely brings value, but I've learned more as an entrepreneur than I probably did in all of my college schooling, just because like for exactly what you just said, you got to trial by fire that shit all the yeah. time. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in learn by doing, and it's, it's how my brain works. Like I can't sit in a classroom and learn, like I need to get my hands dirty and like figure the shit out as long as, as I go. That's how I learned photography. I figured it out as I did. And every time I did a photo shoot, it was what I'm going to try something new. I'm going to experiment with this thing. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to let them know, Hey, I'm going to, you want to try something new? like giving myself permission to think outside the box and to say, well, shit, that didn't work as I thought it was going to and still be okay and go, well, all right. And you know, the interesting thing, the biggest story of resilience that I, that I, that I always remembered and that I take with me is the story of the Dyson vacuum cleaner. I'm not even joking. No, but I know, I know. Keep going. Keep going. James Dyson had over 5,000 prototypes of that vacuum before it worked the way he wanted it to work. Can you imagine 5,000 and millions of dollars and like three years of like just constant trial and error, trial and error, trial. Well, shit, that didn't work. All right, let's try the next one. Well, shit, that didn't work. We'll go to the next one over 5,000 times. Yeah. Like I, I can't think of a better story of resiliency than that. No, I mean, and I think that's the challenge is like, 
you know, I'm taking a class on money mindset in particular, but they were talking about like the wiring of the brain. And, you know, we were just talking about, we're taping this at the beginning of February. And it's about that time where people have set goals at the beginning of the year. And now all of a sudden they're like, eh, I, I don't want to do this or, oh, I failed at this or, oh, I can't do this. And like, like you just said, 5,000 times, <laughs> like, right? not like, not like 30 days and a, in a good old fashioned, maybe kind of try like 5,000 times. 5, right. Times. Right. So keep going, keep going. Cause so I know you have like, problem. yeah, lots of things, <laughs> lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, get over your damn self already and get out of your own damn way. Because mm-hmm. the only thing that is standing between you and your goals is you. You. Plain and simple. Truth, truth. And everybody, we just said that in unison because we're both business strategy coaches and we say it every day. Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. It's like one of the number one things. (laughs) Out of your own damn way and let's get shit done. Like that is my motto. And and yeah, shit is in my tagline. Yeah, and that's okay. So talk about that because I love that story too when you kind of were, you were going back and forth because I know, you know, you love your swears and so do I, but you built brands around them, which I love. So I think my first introduction to you is your body image book, um, which was fantastic. So, you know, tell us about kind of releasing the judgment and crap around that too. Yeah, oh my goodness. Well, it all started because of, again, Polkadot Powerhouse. And I was um, given an opportunity to have a table to sell something at Celebration in San Francisco. And I was like, I don't have anything to sell. I'm a photographer. Right. And so I decided to write a book and it was called Getting Unfucked and Then Getting Naked. Um, did I say getting, it's getting unfucked and then getting naked. Yes. I don't know if yep. I said that correctly. But um Literally, it's a collection of stories of women sharing a time in their life when something just really fucked them up, right? Right. And it sticks with you. And so I was scared as hell because I was worried about what are people going to think? What are they going to say? Oh my God, they're going to be so offended. So I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put up yellow caution tape. And I'm going to put up signs everywhere that say caution F-bombs ahead. I'm going to make a a joke. And I even brought little emoji stickers in case someone wanted to buy the book and cover up the U with a shocked emoji sticker. Um, And some people did. And some people just, they're like, I just think it's hysterical. So, but my middle fingers are on the cover of this book. And Fun fact, (laughs) I learned after the book came out why I wrote the book and why I is like, it's a rebellion against my mother. And it's actually really interesting. I love my mother. My mother is my biggest fan, but I I have this little story that I, that I have shared is that when I was, when I was a kid, remember the long ass phone cords that you could yep. take off all throughout the house. Yes, my, mom loved, yep. my mom loved to talk on the phone and I heard her uh, talking about me to one of her friends. And I remember being a very upset teenager, stomping my feet and coming out and screaming, I can hear you talking about me. So I decided to create something subconsciously that my mother wouldn't talk about <laughs> because <laughs> My mom is not into profanity. My grandma, I think, would say shit. That was like, you know, the little old lady Avon voice. Oh, shit. Like, that was my grandma. But that was as worse as it got. 
my mom, on the other hand, was like, it just is not her jam and that's okay. But I, it was, um, it was my opportunity to kind of just have my own voice and do my own thing. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's not just me. Like right. it is a collection of, of really brave, inspiring women who all came forward and shared sometimes horrifying stories of that have happened to them in their life, but it's a workbook and a journal and there's coloring and quotes and all kinds of things. Um, and I have a second version coming out, uh, hopefully in 2021, specifically around the entrepreneur's journey of getting unfucked and getting out of your own damn way good. and getting shit done. <laughs> good, good. I mean, I remember seeing you and those for you who are listening and have no idea what a polka dot powerhouse is or a celebration, polka dot powerhouse is a women's connection group, which is, you know, fantastic. Our, it's, you know, chapters all over the world and 3000 plus members. And it's just a really great network. Um, but celebration is kind of the annual conference that they have. And I remember seeing you there and I thought, number one, I was like, this girl is a marketing fucking genius. <laughs> it's like, because of, because I mean, there was not a single person who walked into that sales room who wasn't, wasn't, wasn't like, what's this tape about? What are all these stickers? And I was like, the marketing person to me was like, this is freaking genius. You know, and plus like, I don't care if you say fuck or what the hell's on it. And I mean, I bought a copy without the sticker, but you know, I just thought it was genius. And I think also it was the first time I'd seen that at Polka Dot Powerhouse as well, like that kind of a level, which I think sometimes I'm a big believer that people, especially women, were waiting for somebody to speak first. Yeah. Right. We're waiting for somebody to say, it's okay to speak like that, or it's okay to share your stories. And that was kind of one of the really of the first times that I saw that. Yeah. In its essence. Well, you know, the first time that the reason why I think I have stuck with Polka Dot Powerhouse for so long was that, um, I think it was 2017, it was Denver and I received an award and I got up on stage and, you know, you get to make your little speech. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Shannon and I said, can I swear? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like my people, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be shunned or I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, that's frowned upon or you should not have done that. Or it's not ladylike. Right. And so I had brought with me to that event a stack of badass affirmation cards and I would I would see somebody and you could just tell yeah. that they needed yep. a little pick me up mm -hmm. and so I would come I'm like do you need a badass affirmation and they're like yeah I do and I would I'm like okay pick a card and they would pull it out and they're like oh my god that's exactly what I needed to hear awesome and so it was like profanity I don't know if you've seen the history of swear words but it's a really <laughs> Yeah. Fun show on Netflix. It is. It is. Yeah. And they've done studies about profanity and how, like, if you swear while you are in pain, your pain tolerance actually will last longer. And they actually did a study wow. around it. Like, they put somebody's like hand in ice and a bowl of ice without them swearing, they didn't last very long. When they started swearing, they're, they lasted a lot longer. And I'm like, that is some crazy, right. crazy. shit, right? Well, because yeah. I think it's all about like suppressing your emotions versus letting them out. Right. Too. Exactly. Like I think we're told to a lot of the times. And I deal with that with my little ones too, is like, oh, you know, brush it off. Don't get angry, especially as women. 
God help us. Like the amount yeah. of times, like you're overreacting, you're being dramatic, that, 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 like, but when I, but it's for some reason more socially acceptable to go fuck, like when something bad happens, then like get upset. It's very interesting. But yeah, if you haven't watched that documentary on Netflix, it's, it is pretty, pretty cool. Um, it is pretty cool. And Nicholas Cage completely cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, of all the voices, like that is, that oh. is definitely the one that is well-suited, I'll say for that, for that documentary. Um, all right. Well, I mean, what are you doing today? Cause I mean, I loved, I loved, you know, you went through the subscription box phase, which I just think yeah. is, is brilliant. And, and folks listening, I want to reiterate the fact that she says she learns by doing. So she has no fear yeah. when it comes to like, let's launch a subscription box. Let's Let's, you know, release a subscription box. Let's launch this. Let's do this. So, I mean, how do you get that? Like, how do you just, is it just because you know, that's how you learn or, you know, what can you tell our folks at home about that? It's, it's really like when I decided that I was interested, the whole idea of a subscription box was kind of an accident. Um, and it's, it was, it, I remember it was December of 2019 um, and my friend had sent me this candle company um, link to a candle company called Malicious Women Candle Company, which is actually local in Washington state. And they are all about profanity. I'm like, oh my God, I found my people. And all of a sudden I got this little spark in the shower. I'm like, oh, what if I could send all my favorite profanity things to my friends? How fun would that be? <laughs> And I said, Elaine, you were not allowed to launch a new business in 2019. Come on, like, let's wait till you, you have, you have to give it 30 days before you're allowed to start a new company. You have to wait till January, 2020 before you can do something new. And I was like, okay. So what it did was it forced me to take time to research and like really try to figure out what the hell I was going to do. I did a pre-sale to even see if people were going to even buy my stuff with yeah. just the idea that this is what I was going to do. Um, and then sourcing products and all that. I had a lot of custom products made yeah. because I wanted there to be unique items that nobody else had that you couldn't buy anywhere else. And yes, yeah. they probably had profanity on them. And so I did that and I did it bi-monthly so that it wasn't an overwhelming, I, I didn't want to be a fab fit fun. That was not my intention at all. Um, I could manage it by myself at 30 subscribers, which I did. And I was like, you know, this is really fun. However, comma, if I am going to have a profitable box, I shipping, I did not plan for the astronomical shipping charges oh. that I was going to experience. I did not account for that when I set the pricing and all of the things. Right. Um, so I learned that um, if I wanted to actually have a profitable subscription box company, I would either need to grow it so big that I would need to hire people to help me, or I would have to dumb down the quality. And I was not willing to do that. Okay. So I said, you know, I think it's time to let it go and, you know, fulfill the one year, um, term. And I have a whole, I call it the sloppy second shop, um, full of all the leftover items where people right. can, you know, come and check out the stuff that's left over from the boxes. And I'll be having a fun, like liquidation sale where I'll be putting stuff together, little boxes and stuff to just offload all of my extra inventory that I have. Yeah. 
you know, so I learned a lot of really valuable lessons and, but I had a lot of fun in the process because it was actually something that I looked forward to. It was a creative outlet for me. It was an opportunity for my brain to just shut down and literally just be a factory for a day where like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm in a factory, like, here we go. Just stuff in all the boxes and doing all the fun stuff. And it was fun. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot a lot of lessons to take home in that story, folks who are listening is because, you know, you did not, I think as entrepreneurs, I know exactly what you were saying. Like, no, you need to hold, like, do not dare. Don't you dare launch another business when you're, you know, in the flow with this, this arm of the business. And I know I talk to clients about that a lot where I'm like, no, 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 we're not going shiny. Like, and we're going over here. You need to vet it. You need to do it, you know, not, not in like a compulsive, like detailed manner, but you do have to allow what you're all working on at that current time to come to fruition, not derailing that. But also, you know, you knew when it was time, Mm -hmm. Um, you knew when it was time to release it because, you know, you're on to bigger and better things, friend. (laughs) You have so many other things that are going on. So, I mean, let's, let it, let us take the, the turn into exactly, you know, around the topic that you were just saying, the ability to release the ability to jump, you know, all of those things. Why do you think people are so scared of it? Why do you, what do you think about fear and self-sabotage and how they get in the way of things? Well, the thing that I've noticed, so I, I love, I love surveys and, um, I'm very uh, grateful when people fill out my anonymous surveys to help me learn more about their own yeah. mindsets and things like that. And, the fear of failure is, was the number one fear of what people are going to think of them, fear of failing. Um, all are self-sabotaging people from, um, achieving their goals and their dreams. It's, they're so afraid of not making it, Mm -hmm. but then on the flip side of that, I also believe that people are afraid of actually making it because then there's the fear of, shit, how did I even do this? How did I even get to this place? Can I duplicate these results? Can I maintain these results? Yeah. What happens if I lose it all? Yep. So there's there's a fear of failure, but then also a fear of success. And it keeps people in a constant state of hustle. If I look like I'm hustling, everybody thinks I'm, I'm working in and I'm, I'm busy doing... Yeah stupid shit, not focusing on the Mm -hmm. things that they need to focus on, but being busy with bullshit, um, just to avoid doing the hard things and taking the big leaps and admitting that they need help, admitting that they need to hire help because they don't want to hire people. They don't want to spend money because I'm not making money. And it's this whole cycle. Yes, it is. Um, If you're not willing to take risks, you should not be an entrepreneur. Amen. Amen to that. I mean, what you just said is so spot on. I mean, and I think people don't, they don't think of fear of success. So thank you for, cause that is like me, my coaches will tell you that is me, um, but also, you know, the fear of failure just sits prominently, but there's a large part of that, that, you know, throughout my reading, cause I'm a researcher like you too, it's, it has to do with being kicked out of the tribe too. Right. Because as you up level or as you fail or whatever that is like that fear of rejection and getting kicked out of the tribe, which is hardwired in our brains, you know, comes to the forefront and then you end up self-sabotaging yourself. Right. Yep. Yep. Because there's also of the, who's going to get left behind. Yes, exactly. Right. And so is your, are your friends going to look at you differently? Are, and what do you think about people who have money? 
Exactly. If I think people that are millionaires are snobby, entitled assholes, Mm -hmm. why on earth would I want to make a million dollars if I believe that that's what millionaires act like? And so we have to change our own mindsets about how we view money, how we view people that have money and how um, will our friends and our family members think of us differently if we have money. And so there's a lot to unpack there. And I encourage people, my own clients as well, is do you need therapy? Like, do you need to go talk to a professional to unpack potential trauma that is keeping you in this place? I am not a psychologist. I don't claim to be you, but I certainly know when I can hear something going on, it's like, okay, where is this coming from? oh shit, we've got some trauma going on here. So let's get you some resources because I am not, I am, that is not in my wheelhouse and I want you to have the help that you need. And that's not what I can offer you. I can strategize all freaking day long, but I know my boundary and I don't want to overstep that and cause more harm. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're spot on. I mean, some of these things, they, they go way back and they go deep. Right. So, you know, and, and I, and I've experienced them as we all have firsthand, right. When you're like, wait a minute, you know, I got to a point recently where I was like, something's blocking me and it's not conscious. Like, because I am doing all the things I'm in the therapy sessions. I am doing the coaching. I am reading the books. I am taking the courses, like all the things on the surface, you know? So when you get to that point, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to look and say, okay, where, where am I subconscious? Where are my limiting beliefs? Like what needs to be almost rewired Yes, my brain? And that might be a therapist, or maybe that, that is just a different kind of approach to education. You know, um, I think a lot of people underestimate the, the true nature of the brain and how powerful it is. You know, what, what did I hear the stat recently? 90% of our thoughts come from the subconscious. So those are things that you're not in control of folks. So, you know, getting that support is, is key. So, I mean, are you in favor of, which I'm just going to ask this question, but I think I know the answer anyway, but you know, you hear a lot of people with that, like, just do it, like snap out of it, like type of thing. And, you know, there is something to be said about that, but sometimes you're really not able to. Right. 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 There, There has to be that happy medium, right? You have to unpack the bullshit. And so I have two like very defining moments. I worked with, um, with a gal who, uh, does EFT Mm -hmm. and a couple of years ago, I was having a really bad bout with sciatica. And she was like, I wonder if there's something, you know, some energy or some emotion going on. That's like holding this pain in you. So let's work together. And I was like, deal, like I'm willing to try anything. And I packed two really interesting and important elements of me growing up. You know, one was a fear of losing it all. Yep. Yeah. I lost my strawberry shortcake dolls. Um, <laughs> I know it was, and she had said, she had warned me, she goes, most, most trauma comes from a toy. And I'm like, get the F out of here. Like, I don't believe that. And then there it is. Fucking yeah. strawberry dolls. Yeah. And then the other one was when I skipped school and my dad told me he was not angry. He was just disappointed. Oh my God. That line, that line gets you. I didn't get it. I didn't get my ass beat, but I would have rather gotten my ass beat than telling me that you're disappointed in me because it, I became a people pleaser because I never wanted 
to ever disappoint anyone ever again. And how do I do that is I am an overachiever. I do all the things. I take on more than I can handle <laughs> because yeah. I was so afraid of disappointing somebody. And right. it's like, once you become, can become aware, it's just really a self-awareness yes. is that I am doing this behavior because I have an experience with this, or I have a fear of this, which could be real or false. Like fear is, um, false evidence appearing real. Yes. So it may not have actually been our actual experience. We just have a fear that it could happen, right? but it's never actually happened, but we think it's going to happen. And we're afraid if it's going to happen in this whole horrible cycle. Right. And right. So once we can just be aware that the reason why we are doing the things that we're doing then we can start to say, okay, I'm aware that I'm doing this and I want to change it. So how do I change it? What do I need to do differently? I have a quote up on my wall that says nothing changes if nothing changes. Exactly. Exactly. That that one little if, right? Is that if you want to change, you have to be aware of it in order to even start to change it. Right. And I mean, it's, it's classic definition of insanity, right? You're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting, you know, different results, which does not happen. And I think sometimes people do not want to do the thing. They want the change without the effort and it doesn't work that way. And again, to our earlier points of, you know, if you do, for some reason, find yourself doing all the things, literally doing all the things. And I mean, like have somebody else check your work on that because we like to lie to ourselves on that sometimes too, you know, then you, you, your next step is to seek out, seek out somebody to help you do the things like, you know, who can see it from a different perspective, because, you know, a lot of that shit's lodged in. What is it like all of your, your kind of being or your way, you know, the way that you thought process thoughts and stuff like that is all developed by like age eight, which, you know, when I heard that stat, number one, I have an eight-year-old son. So I went, oh shit, you know, like, but, (laughs) but you doesn't mean it can't change. So neuroplasticity is a thing. So you can change it, but to your point, you need to be conscious that you need to change it. Yeah. You have to have that awareness. Otherwise, how the hell are you going to know what you need to change if you're not aware that it needs to be changed? Right. 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 Yeah. And I mean, and that goes into, you know, planning, planning as a whole content planning, goal planning, all of the plannings. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your approach with clients on goal setting and maintaining going forward with them. Yep. The one I have, it's one word. It's one word. It's intentional. Thank you. Right. It's (laughs) intentional with everything that you do when it comes to your business, your career, your life, your parenting, your relationships, whatever that is, this one word applies to it all. It does. To be intentional. So when I plan my content, I am being intentional about what I want to put out into the world. When I am doing an event, I am being intentional and saying, these are the results I want to get. This is what I need to do in order to achieve that. And boom, create the action plan. Yes. Everything I do and everything that I teach my clients is about being intentional. And it's not just throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to see what sticks. It's actually saying, this is what I want to do. This is how I got to do it. And realizing that 
what got me here right to the point I am today is not going to get me where I want to be. So what do I need to learn? Who do I need to become? What behaviors and habits do I need to change in order to actually get there? And once we can identify that and say, I'm not, I don't know all the things. Do I need to know all the things? Is this something I can delegate to someone else who is an expert? Then magical things happen. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I think, and I think there is that sweet spot, you know, that people say, well, you know, if you don't jump, sometimes you don't do it. And I'm like, I understand jumping, like you said, like, but there's a, there's a calculated risk. And then there's just a straight up fucking Right. <laughs> like, you know, right. and at least like to your point, if you're being intentional and you're saying, you know what, I'm going to choose because you know what, we're human beings and we can choose yeah. to leap and hope the net, you know, or the parachute comes on the way down. Fine. At least you intentionally did that so that right. you know it doesn't work. But, you know, right. I mean, you're speaking my language anyway, from a strategic planning perspective about, you know, it takes, it doesn't take as much time as people think it does either. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Like I can take, um, like, a, a Saturday or Sunday when, you know, my husband's off playing video games and I'm being lazy. Cause I have lazy weekends where I don't even mm-hmm. get out of my pajamas. Um, and mm-hmm. I literally will just sit there and just figure out what am I going to talk about this week? Or what am I going to talk about for the month? I will give my, my month a theme and right. This month, my theme is growth. And so everything that I'm doing is around growth. And uh, so it's just about being intentional um, with everything that I do. And it's not a, I take risk. There's no reward without risk, but it's calculated risk. And I'm not afraid of it because I know even if I fail, I'm actually, I don't actually believe in failure, by the way. I believe learning life lessons. And if I'm learning from it, I refuse to call that a failure. The only failure is not even trying. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I refuse to call it a failure. If I learned something and I say, well, shit, I, that didn't work. I guess I'll try it again. Another way. My, let me, let me get up to my foul, my 5,000 Dyson vacuum cleaner tries, right? Like I'm going to just keep trying over and over again until I figure out the sweet spot and it's not going to work every single time, but I can choose to say, fuck it. I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. Or I can say, all right, let's regroup. What are our values? We're going to get back into alignment and we're going to try again. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, oftentimes I know I get asked a lot from a coaching perspective, like, what is like, let's, let's give an example of email marketing or something like that. What are the exact words I'm going to use? Or what is the exact post I'm going to put? Or what is this? Or what is that? And I'm always, you know, and my answer is never the one that they want to hear, right? Because they want the like exact thing that you can do step one, two, and three to get engagement or whatever else. And there are some tried and true things when it comes to that. However, you know, test and tweak is about the best you can do with stuff like that. Like you cannot say, oh, this is a 100% success. This post did really well. And this email did really well to me, at least if it hasn't happened more than once, or you don't have the data to trend it with. Right. Do you agree? Yep, absolutely. We, I'm a huge fan of tracking. So like mm-hmm. when, um, all of my planners, all of my worksheets and everything that I do is like, let's look at the data how, what were your insights? And I encourage people to look at their insights and their audience and when is the best time to post and what, what emails and all what, you know, you can go and look at your data if you have things set up properly to say, and it, and Gary V says it best, 
It's not about what you want to post. Yeah. Or audience care about what do they want people tell you by their reactions to your content so give them more of what they want if you got really high engagement on this on this one post do more of that yes exactly exactly like and i think i think you hit the nail on the head in the fact of you know a lot of the times entrepreneurs go in with self-serving agendas which is yes. fine right our businesses are, are to an extent an, an extension about us right However, like, do you like to make money and do you like to have clients or customers or whatever? Because to your point, like it is the what's in it for them factor. I always call it that it's, it's what's in it for them. Why are they showing up to consume your content? And if what you're giving them doesn't work, do something else, anything else, like just go in a different direction and that's okay. You have to make it about them. Otherwise they are not going to get you right? You cannot make it about you. It's right. not about you. It's about them, which is why you're an entrepreneur. You didn't want to do the classic nine to five. You wanted to be able to have more flexibility. You wanted to have time freedom. You wanted to make more money. You wanted to be your own boss. Okay, great. You still have to serve a client. You still <laughs> have to be able to, and it's not about convincing them. It's about helping them solve a problem. Yes. If you can figure out what their pain point is and solve their problem, Hallelujah, you figured it out. There's no magic formula out there. There's no magic get get rich quick. It doesn't happen. And let's look at Amazon. Was that an overnight billion dollar company? No. no. no, he started selling books and that was it. All he sold were books. And then things started growing, things started growing. That that was not an overnight success. Like that doesn't nobody sees the years right. of where they're out of the spotlight. Nobody sees that. They wake up one day and say, I want to have a billion dollar company and think that it's going to happen overnight. No. No. Because also it's not about the billion dollar company. It's about the journey to the billion dollar company. So if you are, if you are pursuing an entrepreneurship route right now, where you are so fixated on the billion dollars, you're missing a shit ton of learnings, guys. Like it is the journey to get there. And I know for myself, often people are like, well, why aren't you launching this group like this person or doing this like this? And I'm like, no, I'm like, because I have a plan and I'm on that path. And yeah. if I take my eye off the ball, I'm missing the journey I'm meant to be on. And right. that, and you know, and I think sometimes people get scared of that shit. They get FOMO and they get scared of, you know, narrowing down their offerings, correct? Yep, they do. They're trying to, they're trying to be everything to everyone. And right. that is just impossible. Right. You're not going, you, what I tell my clients is where's the gap? So who is right. being left out of your industry? Who is being, mm -hmm. who is not served and right. go find a way to serve that demographic of people, whether it's gender or, or ethnicity or race or religion or parenthood or single married, whatever. Yeah. There's a million who's being left out, go fill the gap and you will find your gold mine. Exactly. Exactly. You know, find, find the, the gap in the marketplace. That's like, that's entrepreneurship 101. Like if you can't solve something, you know, then, then you're just on an ego trip on some levels, right? You know, you're in it, you're in it to feed, fill a void on a lot of levels. You're in it, you know, serving your ego and ego. I'm sorry, is one of the, 
trickiest things when it comes to being a person in general, but especially an entrepreneur, because, and I don't mean ego in the sense of like the typical kind of thing you see in the movies, like, oh, I'm arrogant and that it's ego. Ego's there to keep you safe. However, it also gets you into a lot of tr- fucking trouble. Yeah. Ego, ego prevents growth because right. it's know-it-all. I know everything. I'm not open to learning anything new. Um, which is actually something that I always have to say, I have to take my ego off the table and receive because I want to learn something new, which means that I have to be open to learning. And my ego needs to take a back seat because my ego says, you know, all the things, no bitch, I don't. So get the hell out of the way and get in the because I'm trying to learn something new and you ego are trying to prevent that. So fuck off for a little while. Okay. You can come back. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because it's about, it's trying to keep us safe. Right. So you're like high five on the, the good intentions road to hell is paved with them. Get away from me. Like, you know, but I think first of all, if you have to, you have to actually have the conscious understanding to know ego is a thing and then it gets in your way. So number one, and then number two, you have to do exactly what you said, bitch, get in the back seat. Like I got this, like I'm moving forward with it. Um, Yeah. It's just so much, such a good point. I think that I see it over and over and over again, as we said before, like clients come to us. I know you and I are the same boat. They come to us and they're like, fix my pipeline, fix my this, fix my that. And you're like, "Mm, I can, but that was probably not what the problem is. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, it's like, um, do you remember the show Tabitha's takeover? Yeah, I think I do. Okay. And you notice she was going to fix someone else's business and because the owner's like, it's all my employees are horrible. And it's, it's like, you. no, bitch, it's you. Yeah. Like 99.9% of the time, the owner of the business was the problem, right. not the employees. It's the foundation that they laid. Mm-hmm. And so what I tell my clients is, all right, we got to figure out what your values are first. We got to establish those pillars. And then everything we do is funneled through those pillars. Mm-hmm those values to make sure that you were always in alignment, stress and overwhelm and all of that crap that happens means you are out of alignment. Okay. So you got to come back to center. Okay. What's my purpose? All right. Okay. Get back on track because you are going to be distracted by squirrels, shiny objects, and all of the promises of, Oh, if I just do this thing, then I'll get there. Or if I just do this thing, like they're doing no bitch, Get back into alignment that is out of alignment with your values. Yeah. And it's, and it's okay to be just in alignment with your stuff because success, success is an individualized definition. Like there's the the definition of success. Like it's not like yours doesn't look the same as mine and shouldn't. Like, I think, you know, we're a very black and white society where we're like, success is this, you know, failure is this, like, you know, which just, which just hurts us as entrepreneurs, because I know plenty of people who are like, I have no desire to make a million dollars, but I am ridiculously happy and super successful in my mind, you know, Exactly. but it comes full circle to intention, my dear. Correct. (laughs) Absolutely. It all comes back to intention. All of it comes back to intention. And I think that, you know, success is subjective, just like the word cheap, just like the word expensive, just like the word healthy, just like the word happy. It is all subjective. And it's really, truly about the user experience. It's not about anything else, except what is your definition of that? Exactly. Exactly. Well, 
this has been a kick-ass conversation. I mean, you and I are very much on the same plane. We operate very, very similarly, which I love. Um, but you know, any kind of just last, last two cents you want to give to our folks who are listening? Get out of your own damn way and go get shit done. Like <laughs> I just should have known. I should have known that was what was coming out of your mouth. <laughs> get out of your own damn way and just figure out what what is it that is keeping you identify what it is, become aware of it, and then figure out what do you got to do to do something different? Because remember, mm-hmm. nothing changes if nothing changes. Exactly. So live your own damn way, stop the insanity train, and let's freaking move you forward. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Spoken like a true business strategist, my friend. Amen. <laughs> All right. So tell people where they can find you because they definitely need to. Oh my goodness. I'm all over the places. Um, elaineterso.com has all the fancy stuff. Um, but I'm on Instagram at Elaine Terso. I'm on TikTok as Elaine the Brain Terso. I'm on Facebook. I'm literally in all the places. So come find me, hang out. I'm on LinkedIn too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just everywhere. I'm all the places. Of course, of course you are, which I love. Um, Elaine, I fucking love you, my dear. And I love you too. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So if you couldn't tell, I was absolutely freaking loving this episode. You know, Elaine and I are very, very similar people, except I just, you may not hear me swear as much on the podcast, um, depending on who I'm speaking with, but you know, her message that she delivered today, everyone, you know, get out of your own damn way please, please, please. It's like the number one thing that I see in entrepreneurs and professionals is that you are in your own way. It may not be your pipeline. It may not be, you know, your sales strategy. Um, and even if it is your sales strategy, that really just circles back to you. Um, so just really do that self-assessment and use the risk-taking as educational, right? Like take the fear off the table. You know, it's always going to be there on some level, right? It's always going to be an undercurrent of fear, whether it's fear of success or fear of failure, right? Because your body and your mind, your mind rather is trained to keep you safe, right? So if you're going into a risky situation, you know, there's going to be fear. So just know that that is an absolute and then choose to do it anyway, because the amount of knowledge that you can learn just by taking a risk is, you know, invaluable. It seriously is. So, and on next week's episode, I am welcoming the wonderful Sarah Michelle to our show. This is a conversation you won't want to miss. And I have to say that when I first launched this podcast, she was tippity top of my list um, for having on as a guest. And, you know, time, we just kept missing each other or, you know, I was full for a lineup of guests and we're finally having a great conversation. So many incredible pieces to this talk and you'll, you'll really, really love her journey because it is, it is a crazy one, but it's, it's filled with so much love and learning. So you won't want to miss that. And you know, please, 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 guys, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.